Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. campers to friday night fright we're your hosts i'm ryan and i'm jordan third time's the charm yeah we are deep into spooky season at this point yeah yeah we're uh, how are you feeling i'm feeling you know i'm feeling pretty okay yeah yeah like spooky party okay yeah you know down to clown uh, or frown or <laughs> yeah, ghost whatever you town. do <laughs> yeah one of those <laughs> Um, the, like, fall weather has finally taken hold around <sighs> it's, here. It's been nice, honestly. It's been very been quite nice. nice. I know. Like, although... It's been crew neck sweater weather, and I love it. And it's supposed to be back in, like, well, it's supposed to be back in, like, the 70s for a few days. I'll take that. Over, like, 80s or 90s or worse. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, because it's still gonna be, like, 30 degrees that night. I prefer to stay so. chilly, but 70 isn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's been really nice. Like, I I hate turning on my heat unless it's until, like, the end of October. I like to try to avoid it as much as possible. But, like, I'll walk downstairs and it's, like, kind of chilly because in the safe haven of my office slash little studio area, it's always so warm. It gets very warm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I walk yep. out and I'm like, damn, it's, it's like cold it's not really Dude, that I, cold it's like I 60 68 or something in the house which i mean that's pretty much like my preferred you know temp almost yeah. year around in the house but uh. i for the last week have had I, for the last week i've had every window in the house open and fans yeah. in multiple of the windows and it's been fantastic in the middle of the night <laughs> fantastic was, not last night but two two nights ago, I walked by the thermostat in the hallway, yeah. and it said 59 degrees. Nice. And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I mean, you know, that might be a little too cold for everybody else. Yeah, well, they're in bed with blankets on and shit, so I mean, that, they yeah. don't care. I love, like, there's something that I love about going to bed when it's like, the room is very cool, but you can get all toasty yeah. under the blankets and just... Yep. That's what I like, and I sleep right under one of those open windows with a fan in it. (laughs) Well, then there you go. It's lovely. I'm just worried it's like we're going to end up seeing snow in October, and if so, I'm going to be pissed. Yep. That shit happens here all the time. I know. But I don't want it to. I don't want snow. Agreed. I usually, if I can help it, I I don't turn on the heat until the end of November. Damn. Like, I will wait and wait and wait and wait. I don't, 
I don't mind it being cold. I mean, I don't mind it either. And like, I mean, you, you know, like, yeah, you can just throw like a little throw blanket on you and that's warm enough. You know, it's going to keep you warm. You don't need like some big ass like, yeah, you know, comforter or duvet or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that I'm dressed exactly how I am outside until I go to sleep. Yeah, every day. So I don't even take my shoes off until I go to bed. <laughs> like, I just don't. I like to change into so, you know, house shoes to walk around the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, like every every time I get I get home from being somewhere, uh, and then you know switch into shoes. I feel like Mister Rogers. Yeah, I was gonna say you switch over Mr. to my Rogers. my house cardigan as well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, that would be the good life, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I just um I like it cold all the time. So I would like for it to be like like if it were up to me in the summer, the thermostat would be set so low that the the AC like wouldn't handle it. And then your AC, you know goes what I mean? Like I, you're like, well, man, I wish exactly. I would have kept it this low. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that keeps me from doing it. You want it cold enough to where it's basically creating frost on the windows because of how hot it is outside <laughs> and how cold it is inside. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel that. I want condensation. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's Yeah, no, uh the other morning walked out and literally there's frost everywhere. And I'm like, man That's awesome. Here it comes. Yeah, there was a frost warning here yeah. the other night. Yeah. But you know what? I'm cool I'm with s- that. I'm still going to mow, mow my yard at least one more time. Yeah. You could probably get a few in. I hope I so. Might, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, my yard really doesn't even need it right now. But I'm like, well, before yeah. it starts to keep frosting and stuff, like, you know, just get it a little bit, a little bit less. I mean, honestly, my ideal temperature outside is below freezing. Like, I, I love when it's like That's... 25 degrees, but no snow. No. I love that. I like, like coat. I like scarf, good solid, gloves. Like forty degrees in the winter. I think that's ideal. Yeah, that's too warm. No, that's not, not even winter. You're crazy. I love it cold outside. No, you gotta not, feel the difference not between cold, October though. and January. No, I don't want to. I want forty it to degrees in January is an atrocity. October for twelve months long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> and then I'll be happy. I always think like, and when people ask me like what my favorite season is i always say autumn right yeah like fall is obviously that's the go-to right but i think it's the relief of summer that makes fall so good that it not only is the weather itself super enjoyable but you're finally not having to deal with the hellscape that is summer i mean yeah true right there's but something that transition like from fall that fall air the smells uh-huh. Like the sound of like yeah. crunching leaves. Yep. Just all of it. Yeah, it's beautiful, uh, right? But I think yeah. I think it's I think my love of fall is influenced directly by my hate of summer. So like I mean, that's fair. And I always I always think fall is my favorite until winter arrives and I realize that I'm much more comfortable. I like the clothes I get to wear more. All that in the winter. No, fall's perfect I do because fall. you can wear all those clothes but throughout fall as well. You can't wear cool coats. Yeah, you can. Just jackets. Jackets and sweaters, and which are cool too. But like, I like a good heavy coat. I like wool socks. You know what I mean? Like, I like all those things. Well, I prefer fall. Always will. 
Always have. See, that's a, that's what I'm saying. I think I think my favorite is technically winter, but the transition from fall to winter isn't. You don't get the relief that you get going from summer to fall, right? Because fall is lovely too. So it's just like it's a different kind of awesome, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not ready for winter. Me neither. So I wanna. I want. I mean, I still want fall to be like a solid six to eight weeks. Like I, six to eight. That's months. what what it used to be. When we were kids, fall was like all of October. It was like half of September, all of October, and half of November. Yeah, I mean, we had real seasons. It was fall. We didn't just have winter yeah. and summer. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's all we have now. Yeah, spring. I mean, spring is basically summer. It's just wet summer. I mean, we don't even really ever have a spring. Like by the time it's like getting warm, yeah. it's already May. Yep. And so that's true. And it's immediately yeah, it's, like ninety degrees. And then, exactly, and then it's just all of a sudden it's hot. Yeah, that's <sighs> true. Yeah, <laughs> this conversation's bumming me out. Why? Because I don't want to think about, about winter. Much, like, and now winter I'm dreading really snow and ice. Just stop driving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that's how do you that. stop hating that so much. No. Oh, sure you could. I also like driving, so you know, there's that too. You literally work from home. So, work is the only place you actually have to go. Right. But I also like to... Everywhere else is a choice. I like to be able to not be confined to my house when I don't want to be. You go for a walk. (laughs) Walks are nice. Freezing, freezing, cold winter. Dude. When there's snow, there's nothing better than a long winter walk. Oh, forget that, man. Long winter walks are gorgeous. There was one of of my favorite things. You know you hate it. I mean it. No. All right. You got to have a good sidewalk. You can't be walking on the side of a road with no sidewalk. All right. Well, this winter, I'm going to have shit, you but... take take a video of your whole long winter walk. <laughs> okay. And then post it so people know you're not full of shit. Okay. I love to walk in the winter. <laughs> They're all the slush I do. I and actually... snow and ice. And... Hey, you wear boots. You don't even feel it. Yeah. No big deal. I actually just discovered that I love walking for a long time in the winter last winter after i got violet because i had to take her on long walks still and i'm yeah. like this is actually super nice okay. it is you like wear a scarf and a fucking wool hat yeah. and a nice thick coat and then you come in and then gloves and boots you get warm or you're well by the time you get back your skin is like numb then everything yeah. like burns your lungs are like full of ice cold air right so good <laughs> i love that cold winter air this isn't a winter episode I mean, so we should just stop talking about winter <laughs> didn't i do this last time too i made us talk about christmas for yes like 15 minutes yeah uh, well i apologize to all you campers yeah we're here to hear spooky stories yeah not to talk about yeah the crisp winter we're here air. to tell scary stories <laughs> Talk about Halloween, and you're just blabbering on about, I love my cold lungs. <laughs> uh, it is the best temperature for your lungs to be, in all fairness. I mean, yeah, I don't want my lungs hot. Yeah. Breathing hot is constant hot. Yeah. Although, yeah, you know, when you're trying to get cleaned out, just like breathing over like a boiling you know, pot of water. It was always nice. 
Yeah, or in a nice, uh, nice hot shower run in yeah. a small bathroom, just let it fill up with steam. Or a sauna. The poor man's sauna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, those of us who, you know, grew up not being able to afford trips to the sauna, that's what doctors used to tell parents to do with their kids when they had, like, chest, like, respiratory issues. It's like, go in, crank up the hot water in the shower, and... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who actually goes to a sauna? All right, babe, I'll be back. I'm going to hit the sauna. They're becoming more and more popular, cool actually. Down, like, all the, hey, cool, maybe, maybe. all the cool wealthy people have saunas in their houses now. That's like, they all have, like, saunas <laughs> so and cold plunges. Both. You do one, then the other, then one, then yeah. the other. Back and forth. It's supposed to be oh, yeah. super good back for and forth. you. you just, yeah, you go, like, literally back and forth, like, ten times, and then you're done? Well, you do, like... You do like four or five minutes in the cold plunge, and then you get out and go in the sauna for like 15 minutes, and then you go back in the cold plunge. And yeah, you do that a few times. Yeah. Supposedly, it activates like heat shock proteins and cold shock proteins in your body and reduces inflammation like drastically. There we go. Yeah. Well, maybe I should, maybe I should do some. Do you think you could do a cold plunge? I don't plunge? know. I doubt it. Like the water has ice floating in it. Oh, <laughs> like if I could like slowly, just slowly get in, you know, like one inch at a time and let my body like really adjust, I think I could probably take me like an hour to just get there. Everyone says that's the worst way but, like, to do these it. People... <laughs> slowly. <laughs> it probably is. Like the best way apparently is but... literally to just like. Because it's like a, it's almost, it, uh, they almost look like a horse trough. Like it's just big enough for yeah. you to lay in, right? Right. And like, yeah. you're supposed to like put your feet in, like you're standing in it. And then you put your hands on the side and you like hover your ass above the water. And then you're supposed to just like in, like the so rest of yourself like my fall heart in. Would stop though. <laughs> it wouldn't. Have you ever like, have you ever gotten like in the shower, it's, you've taken like a nice hot shower? And you're like, all right, I'm going to rinse off and really cold. So yeah, you like turn it on really cold and then step into it. And it takes your breath away. I'll be honest. I've never in my life intentionally taken a cold shower. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not, I mean, I've Sometimes definitely I like to, I like had to the, rinse water. With the water yeah, cold. to cool your, cool your body yeah. down before you get out of the water. Yeah. And it's yeah. good for your pores and all that shit. Sure. Right. Um, I've had the water go cold on me and that's brutal and awful right i've also right. had someone do the like dump a pot of cold water over the shower rod while oh, i'm yeah. taking a shower yeah, yeah. college party house but pranks. just like that instant where you literally lose your breath yeah oh you definitely do that and in the cold plunge for sure yeah, yeah. but they're like I feel like that would happen and then my heart would be like <laughs> i think you'd be okay Apparently it's here terrible. It's terrible while you're in it, and then when you get out, you feel incredible. Probably because you're ex- like super stoked to be done. No, it's like a physical feeling that you like. Your body feels good, you know. Yeah, you, that's what you think, but it's actually because you're really excited <laughs> to get out. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I I've always wanted to try it, but I I just don't know how. Like I don't know. I don't know if I could really. I mean, actual biology aside, there is something to be said about going through, like, intentionally going through difficult things because when you finish, it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? Right. 
So like, I mean, that's it's that moment of knowing that you did it and yeah. you were able to push yourself to do it, I and mean, it's, it's over. Like, yeah, right. And just the relief of that <laughs> hard over. thing is exactly. over. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I remember I went camping with my dad once when I was like, I don't know, I had to be like fourteen, and it was pouring rain. Like we got there, we got set up, and as soon as we were set up, it started pouring rain. And I'm like a half hour in, it was very clear that it was not going to stop raining anytime soon, right? And we're like in a tent on a riverbank, like, yeah. And I remember being like, so we're just going to pack up and go home, right? And he's like, no, this is what it's all about. Like, this is going to suck. It's going to be fun and it's (laughs) going to suck. Enjoy it. And like, we stayed there all day. It rained all day, all night all morning we packed up all the shit in the rain like fished from the tent in the pouring rain and like got home and that was the best still to this day the best hot shower i've ever been in in my life because i was like soaked Probably. to the bone yeah. for 24 hours <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's rough yeah but i remember it 20 years later you know what i mean like and i look back on it as a good memory because it was like <laughs> a super hard thing that he loved he fucking ate it up he loved being out there like in the <laughs> pouring rain like roughing it and uh yeah so i that you feeling came yeah did it you gotta have the dips or the valleys so that you notice the peaks right that's true yeah 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 well, you being wise and shit <laughs> <laughs> it's the only uh redeeming thing about your body slowly rotting more and more every day. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your body deteriorates. It's a massive and, wisdom. Yeah, exactly. And eventually it's just going to be like, well, what do I do with all this now that uh, I can't move? Take it to the grave. <laughs> there you go. That's where wisdom goes. You either write it in a book or you just die. Yeah. I'm chock full of just random tidbits of knowledge of things that really don't matter about anything. Yeah, yeah. That's Apparently that's uh, that's me. So... <laughs> i love like because people people often i mean you hear that a lot right like i have so much useless information but like right i feel like you and i maybe this is more common than i realize but i don't really talk to many other people like i feel like you and i have the kind of useless information that wouldn't even come up at like a trivia night you know what i mean like it's not even useful, useless information. Right, exactly. It's like no, very it's, uh, specific niche things that no one ever even talks about. Yeah. You have to find some obscure forum. And that's what's forum. unfortunate about it. Yeah. You have to find some obscure forum on the back corners of the internet where people are actually discussing the things. Like, it's always funny when I, when I get into like just a random conversation and it's something that like... I either know a lot about or have a lot to say about because it's not the, you know, something that's not normally brought up. Yeah. And I just go on and on and on about it. And, you know, and the people are just like, huh, I like the way you think. <laughs> I'm just like, well, thanks. Yeah. That's like the go to comment know? when someone just said something you have nothing to say back about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I get where you're I coming mean, from. You know, sometimes, sometimes that's genuine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like some people just have like, super cool minds and the way they work or yeah there are a lot of like 
the vast majority of my life, people are talking about things I don't give a fuck about. Oh yeah, like same. a, a same. single 100%. fuck about any of it, right? right? So like, I feel like there are people in my life that every once in a while, when something is actually brought up that I do care about and am knowledgeable about, they're like, "Oh, he's not a dummy." You know what I mean? Like, because most of the time I'm just like, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Just waiting for people to stop talking about shit I don't care about. I mean, I do like to listen, though. I'd say I'm a pretty good listener. I'm a terrible listener. Even in a conversation I don't, I don't like, care a whole lot about, uh-huh. I'll still listen, you know? That's very polite of you. Someone cares enough to, like, talk about something or, you know, get it off their chest, I'm here for it. Meh. <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's a good quality you have there. I, I wish I could say I were like that, but I'm really not. Well, we can't win them all, that's unfortunately. True. You want to tell us yeah. a scary story or what? Yeah, let's get into them. I think this is now the opportune time. Yeah. After, you know, people now are going to think we're just a bunch of assholes. Hey, you're a good... Filled with useless knowledge. You're a good listener. I, I'm a good listener. Don't talk about yeah. yourself like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... This week's uh, this week's story, I went a little different. You know, I okay. I had uh, kind of planned out a premise and and everything like how I wanted it. Created like just a small uh, like this is this is supposed to be what happens. This is what it's titled. This is where it takes place. Like all this extra stuff, you know that. Yeah, I don't. I sometimes don't do. Like sometimes I'll just let it create all these extra things for me. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, this uh, for this particular story tonight, we're going to be telling the story of the Beast of Bear Creek. Oh, okay. I like it. So, you ready? You got your listening pants on? Always. I'm a great listener. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, again, the Beast of Bear Creek. The chill of autumn hung heavy over the quiet town of Bear Creek, Maine. The leaves are transformed into vibrant shades of red and gold, setting the stage for the most anticipated night of the year, Halloween. The small community buzzed with excitement as children and adults alike eagerly prepared for the annual extravaganza, decorating houses, carving pumpkins, and selecting costumes to outdo their neighbors. However, beneath the veneer of celebration, there was a dark legend that cast a long shadow over the town. The Legend of the Beast of Bear Creek As night descended upon the town, the sky painted itself in a deep hue of cobalt. Children donned their costumes and eagerly ventured out into the night of trick-or-treating. The streets were lined with elaborate displays, each house competing to be the spookiest. Yet, in the midst of this joviality, there were hushed whispers of the looming curse a curse that emerged every 13 years like a restless specter. Deep within the heart of Bear Creek's dense, ancient forest lie an ominous clearing known only as the Hollow. It was here that the beast of Bear Creek was said to dwell, waiting patiently for Halloween night. No one in town knew what the beast truly looked like, but the legend described it as a horrifying abomination a creature that defied the boundaries of human imagination. As the moon hung high in the sky, a group of teenagers gathered around a bonfire, their faces illuminated by the flickering flames. 
Among them was Jake, a young man with a reputation for daring exploits. His friends begged him to recount the chilling legend. Jake, his voice low and hypnotic, began the story. Thirteen years ago, on a night just like this, the beast of Bear Creek emerged from the shadows. It slinked through the forest, its eyes glowing with malevolence, and it shows its victims from the unsuspecting children trick-or-treating. The beast, a dark, looming presence, snatched their souls and dragged them to the hollow, never to be seen again. Do you think it has tentacles? <laughs> it might. In my experience, most abominations that you know challenge the extent of human imagination usually it just means it has tentacles i'd like to think it probably has tentacles yeah maybe i've just but been you, you might know, find out trained by lovecraftian horror right <laughs> everything unspeakable yeah, has tentacles yeah which i like that you yeah. know tentacles are good octopus octopi octopuses <laughs> <laughs> they're weird yep. They are. They are super weird, but they're super freaking cool. They're probably aliens. They are probably aliens. Yeah, they definitely might be. By morning, it was as if they had never existed. The fire crackled and popped, casting eerie shadows on the faces of the captivated teens. Jake continued. The legend says that the Beast of Bear Creek only returns on Halloween night every 13 years to claim more innocent souls. And tonight, my friends, is that very night. As if on cue, the wind picked up, rustling the leaves and sending shivers down their spines. The teens exchanged uneasy glances. A daring girl named Lily chimed in. Come on, Jake, you don't really believe that, do you? It's just an old legend meant to scare kids. Jake's gaze remained steady as he responded. Lily, legends are often born from some grain of truth. Some say that the beast was once a human, a malevolent soul who performed unspeakable deeds in life, and in death was cursed to become the beast of Bear Creek. With Jake's tale echoing in their minds, the group of teenagers decided to explore the hollow, daring one another to venture deeper into the foreboding forest. Their flashlights cut through the thick darkness, casting elongated, eerie shadows. The deeper they went, the more they felt a palpable sense of unease. Twisted trees and gnarled branches seemed to reach out for them, and the air grew colder, causing their breath to mist before their eyes. The very heart of the hollow seemed to pulsate with the sinister energy. Suddenly, they heard a distant, spine-tingling howl, a sound that froze their blood. A chilling voice pierced the night. The beast of Bear Creek has returned. Their flashlights flickered, casting eerie beams of light that illuminated grotesque forms lurking in the underbrush. The trees around them seemed to twist and contort, taking on the shape of grotesque faces, their hollow eyes watching the intruders. Panic set in and the teens turned to flee, but they found themselves disoriented. Surrounded by a forest that had become an unnatural labyrinth. The ominous howls grew louder, echoing through the trees, 
each one closer than the last, they realized that escape was impossible, and their only hope was to find a place to hide. As they stumbled through the forest, the beast of Bear Creek closed in, its malevolent presence tangible in the icy air. Its glowing eyes filled with hunger and malice watched them from the shadows. It moved with a dreadful grace, its form shifting and undulating, never revealing its true shape. Jake whispered, We need to stick together. Find a hiding spot. It won't stop until it claims our souls, just as the legend foretells. I thought it only hunted children. Well... These are teenagers, so I guess they're still children. I feel like the guy when he was recounting the legend, he was specific that it chose its victims from trick-or-treaters. Exactly. Are they, like, encroaching on its territory? I was hoping for, like, six- and seven-year-olds. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) Just getting gobbled up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they were encroaching on its territory. I think that was the problem. They were were down in there. too close to the hollow. Like, literally in the hive, right. Yeah. So there's more than one of them? Or it takes, like, maybe it just takes many forms. I, I, I don't know. See? That's or the thing. was that just their mind freaking, you know, playing tricks on them when they were, like, looking around and seeing weird shapes in the shadows? And, See, you know I think I mean? it was it growing from this. From this, the shadows. Uh, this, right. Gotcha. Just different shadows, of course. Their flashlights were flickering around, you know, casting weird shadows everywhere. Yep. Yeah, so they okay. were seeing a bunch of shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But as they searched desperately for refuge, the beast drew nearer, its breathing a sinister raspy wheeze that sent shivers down their spines. The teens could feel the cold breath of the abomination on their necks, and the shadows of the hollow closed in, suffocating them in darkness. What else could shivers get sent down? Your knees? I'm trying to, like... Oh man, I got those shivery knees again. (laughs) Yeah. Shiver... (laughs) Uh, sent a shiver down as timbers, timbers are often shivered yeah exactly <laughs> okay so there's and plenty of things that can be shivered <laughs> spines and timbers <laughs> that's it yep oh i just had a meme in my head okay i don't you know the uh the arm wrestling meme where it's like two seemingly unrelated things and then the thing that connects them is written over the hands together oh uh, yeah 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 spines timbers shiverable (laughs) shivers yeah i like it the hapless group of teens had become entangled in the hollow ensnared in the sinister grasp of the beast of bear creek their flashlights flickered like dying stars their hearts pounded like thunder in a stormy night and the malevolent presence drew closer with each passing second desperation gripped them and they realized that escape was futile It was as though the hollow itself had come alive, twisting and shifting to confound their every move. In the dark of night, they could hardly discern one another's terrified expressions. Fear hung in the air like a heavy shroud. Lily's voice quivered as she whispered, What do we do? We just can't let it take us. Jake, his face a mask of terror, responded, We have to find shelter. Somewhere it can't reach us. Maybe the old cabin. The one my grandfather told me about. They stumbled through the gnarled trees, blindly searching for the cabin, 
the only chance they had for sanctuary. The hollow whispers of the forest seemed to taunt them, sinister laughter echoing in the night. As they weaved their way through the twisted maze of branches and undergrowth, the chilling howls of the beast pursued them, each cry growing louder and more grotesque. With every step, the forest's malevolence intensified, making the very ground beneath them writhe with malign intent. Personally, I'm just wondering, um, what is going on with this grandpa that he has a cabin in the hollow? So this was like, this is a random new detail. Yeah. Just like they get to, you know, <laughs> the, the, this old cabin my grandfather told me, you know, was telling me about, like, I yeah. feel like this would have gotten brought up. Right. Maybe during the thing like as he's the telling way. the tale. He right. does kind of say something. it like, he does kind of say it like, remember that cabin I was telling you about, you know? Because he's right. like, what, a, what about seems, that cabin? It's just like there's those new random details, and that's what Chat GT, GPT does a lot. Yeah. Because it's like, here's all this going on. Oh, here's this random fact that you're supposed to already know about. Like the, yep. the one characters in the one story that you never find out about until they're mentioned. But they've been yeah. there the whole time. Yeah. Just that they're a couple, <laughs> and then it like jumps into them having this like <laughs> this divine, powerful love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The trees twisted and contorted, their boughs becoming skeletal hands reaching for the intruders, eager to ensnare them. In the distance, the group finally spotted the cabin. It's time-worn wood and faded paint in eerie contrast to the sinister forest. They rushed toward it, hoping it would provide some, some respite from the abomination pursuing them. As they flung open the creaking door and stumbled inside... They were met with the stale, oppressive air, and the oppressive sense that the cabin held its own secrets. I do love this style, sort of. This, like, they're so terrified that it's almost like everything around them is dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, they're running through the forest, and they're so panicked that it feels like the trees themselves are trying to grab at them. You know? Right. Like, Gives yeah, me evil I like dead that vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... inside. So if you think about Go it with ahead. more realism, like literally being so panicked that like your your short your sleeve gets snagged on a tree and like it's almost like the tree reached out and tried yeah. to slow you down, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just because you're so panicked. Yeah. I yeah, like that. I, I dig that a lot. Lily gasped. It's so cold in here. Like the very chill of death. Seriously? <laughs> They're running from a fucking monster, and the girl is complaining about the temperature. The very chill of death. <laughs> yeah. She knows exactly what that's like. I love that. Remember that's that one the dialogue. time when we felt death? That's her dialogue? That it's cold like the very chill of death? It's... Oh my god. This was translated from um, Old English. <laughs> <laughs> Jake responded, We'll be safe in here, just like my grandfather said. <laughs> More brand new information. <laughs> that we should have, that the things that we already know about, but yeah. just like his grandfather said, yeah, remember? Beast of Bear Creek can't <laughs> enter. Yeah. So that's a known fact. 
Remember that one time that we didn't hear that part? <laughs> I mean, there has to be some of that done in short stories, right? There, but right, it's of just course. so it's so blatant the way ChatGPT does it. Yeah, it's so yeah, like, I mean, it could be. It's it could be like in. in Jake thought Jake remember back to a time that is you know uh-huh. hearing his grandfather retell the story and told him about whatever. Yeah. Like Jake's mind yeah, flashed whatever. with a memory of such and such. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or he could have a friend remind him. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what other characters are for. Right? Externalizing things and make it makes it yeah. more natural. Yeah, exactly. But ChatGPT doesn't like writing more than two or three characters. Like the rest of the the rest of the people are just names, right? Essentially, they don't really serve any purpose other than being there. Remember, they're still there. Yep, exactly. It is what it is, I guess. AI limitations. Yep. In a decade, we might be thankful for them. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. They huddled together in the dimly lit cabin, clutching their flashlights, the beams creating strange flickering shadows on the cabin's walls. It was as if the very walls themselves whispered with the secrets of ages past. Time seemed to stretch, their breath visible in the frigid air. The howls of the beast echoed outside, growing more desperate more menacing. The cabin's timbers creaked and groaned, as if straining under the weight of malevolence that pressed in from the outside. Jake peered out a grimy window, his breath fogging the glass. He gasped. Look, it's out there, just beyond the tree line. Its eyes, they're watching us. Through the glass, they saw the gleaming orbs of the beast, A pair of fiery, malevolent eyes that pierced the darkness. The creature moved with unnatural grace, shifting and contorting, never revealing its true form. It was as though the very forest itself had spawned this nightmarish abomination. Lily whispered, What is it? What does it want? Jake, his voice barely more than a frightened murmur, replied, It wants our souls, just like the legend says. We have to survive until morning. Just a few more hours and it will disappear. But as the night night wore on, the cabin felt like a tomb. A place where the very essence of life had been drained. The walls seemed to close in, and the air grew colder with each passing minute. The group clung to their dwindling hope, their flashlights like feeble beacons in the unforgiving darkness. Suddenly, the cabin shuddered. Suddenly, the cabin shuddered, and a haunting, guttural sound emanated from the walls. It was as if the very wood and stone were alive, whispering secrets and ancient curses. The group huddled closer, their terror mounting. The cabin's door flew open with a deafening crash, and the beast was upon them. Its eyes burned with a voracious hunger, and its shapeless form writhed like a nightmarish specter. Tentacles. (laughs) Maybe.
Maybe we're not there yet. In an instant, the room was plunged into a cacophony of screams and chaos as the beast lunged and the teenagers fought desperately to fend off the creature. But the beast was relentless. Its malevolence unyielding, and one by one it claimed them. The room was filled with the sin of fear and the sound of desperate pleas as the beast dragged its victims into the night, their souls forever lost to the hollow. At last, as the first rays of dawn broke, the cabin was silent. The horrors of the night concealed within its walls. The legend of the beast of Bear Creek had played out once more. A malevolent force that returned every 13 years on Halloween. As the sun bathed the town of Bear Creek in a golden light, it was as if the horrors of the night had never happened. The town went about its day, oblivious to the dark secret that lie hidden in the hollow. But for those who had ventured into the sinister forest and had borne witness to the malevolent abomination, the memory of that night would haunt their dreams for years to come. The legend of the Beast of Bear Creek would persist, a chilling tale that would be told and retold, a dark shadow that would forever loom over the town of Bear Creek. And so, the horror of the hollow would remain, a curse that would return once more in 13 years' time on another Halloween night. Fuck yeah. The beast got him. It did. (laughs) Ah, finally. Personally, I would have ended that story like four paragraphs earlier than AI decided to. Like, you could have ended, I think there was a line about, like, the cabin was silent. Finally, the cabin was silent yeah. or empty. The horrors of the night concealed within its walls. Before that. The At line last, right before that. As the what first rays of dawn broke, the cabin was silent. There. I mean, yeah, End. that would have been, been good, That's too. That's where I would have yeah. ended it. Yeah. But I like it. I mean, at least it wasn't uh, wasn't just a happy ending. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't. And then they found the plan to yeah. defeat the Beast of Bear Creek. <laughs> like I, I hate right. that shit. It gets so old. And then this other girl who was who was secretly a a sorceress pulled out her spell book. She and... little did they know she had been with them the whole time. <laughs> but this is the first you hear about her. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was yeah. good. I liked it. I like that it was a creature. Right, right, yeah. That's new. Yeah. Although you left Ravenbrook to go to <laughs> I a know, neighboring town. I know. I was I was gonna do I was gonna do that, but yeah. like just the beast of Bear Creek sounded cool. Like the it beast does. of Ravenbrook. It does sound cool. I mean that still kind of sounds pretty cool, but <laughs> Yeah, that's still pretty or, cool. I feel like it should be right, an R though. It exactly. needs to be alliterative. Like yeah. That's why I mean, Beast of can, Bear Creek sounds good. Even though every time you said Bear Creek, I thought about I know, Deer I thought Creek, about that too. Which is, yeah. That was, what is that place called now? Ruoff? What is that? Whatever that, like, bank or whatever that company is. Ruoff? 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 Rudolph? Because um, for a while it was the Verizon Wireless Center. Right. Yeah. After it was Deer Creek. And then it was something after that. Okay. And now it's this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's like the the big concert venue yeah. in Indianapolis or near Indianapolis. I mean, it's at Hamilton. That's where like you would go to see like big headlining like national yeah, headlining. Yeah, we had like warp tour and That's stuff like that that was always like, there. Yeah. Yeah, warp tour, yeah. Ozfest, all those big summer festivals. Yep. Came there. I saw some great yeah. bands there. Yeah. Good old For days. Sure. Yep. Back before we knew that uh Marilyn Manson was a sex offender. I enjoyed quite a few of his shows. I mean, there. I could have always guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us in the early days just like to pretend that that was very much a character yeah. he was playing. You know, man. It, I don't I, think I, it really I don't was. Think so either. From what I've heard, he's basically just a piece of shit twenty four seven. Yeah. So. You know, I not just it. for the stage. I could see it. I was never, I mean, I was never in, uh, but it was know, tricky cause he would really ended all that. So, yeah, I was always more into the like mall metal than you were because I yeah. had the older brother growing up that was into all the mall metal goth, all the, I just got to go like stuff. the punk stuff super early. Um, yeah. Which you think thankfully passed on to me. Which saved me from, you know, being a 35-year-old who goes to, like, Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> concerts. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but, like, I, it was tricky with Marilyn Manson, though, because I know this is off topic, I mean, but this I'd like to Halloween. address it real quick. Because, like... He's a creep. Yeah, for sure. Might as well talk about Marilyn Manson, right? He is a creep. Um it was tricky because he would do these interviews. He would go on these like talk shows and these radio shows in like nice suits looking very, and he's very well-spoken and intelligent. And like, it made it seem like, Oh, he's just right. playing like the gross dirtbag character for the band. And he's actually this like well put together, intelligent guy behind the scenes. Right. But like, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, he could, could be, be both, right? Have that uh, that secret, that secret dark side. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Anyway, I also saw you know all but one of the times I saw Coheed and Cambria was at that place. Yeah, uh, yeah. Only time I ever got to see Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards was there. Yeah, at Warp Tour. I've always been a big that fan of Lars. He's doing some super cool shit these oh, days yeah. too. For sure. He's like playing with uh yeah. like one or two bands over in the UK right now. Yeah. Nice. And still doing rancid stuff too. So which is nuts. Yeah. yeah. Dude's all over the place. It is. They've been in the game what and like thirty years now? Like, something like that. It is a banger. It might be almost forty years now. When did the first Rancid album come out? It was in the 90s, right? 90 what? So 94 was Let's Go. That's right. Okay. Then 1998 was Life Won't okay. Wait. There was the self-titled, the first just Rancid album. I thought that was before that, but I know Let's Go was like the first one that really got them out into like... Yeah. Yeah. So that was 94. picked up, uh, you know, by... 
by a bigger label and started getting put out on like MTV and stuff yeah. like as this punk band and they got a lot of, a lot of shit for it but yeah yeah and that's one of the greatest albums so of all next time. year will be the 30 year so next year will be the 30 year anniversary of that album it's crazy well and then 95 was an outcome the wolves yeah that's the one yeah. i really connected I think a with. lot of people did that was the first one that really grabbed Especially me. with Time Bomb, yeah. like that that song became super popular. But like yeah. that yeah. all that album also has Olympia Washington on it, which is one of my favorite Rancid songs. So yeah, yeah. really good album. I I'll be honest, the first thing that grabbed me because when I first when I first saw that album and listened to it, I was probably well, we were probably fifteen, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, the first time I heard it, and like. Just seeing the album cover, yeah, I was like, "Oh, this I mean, is awesome!" Just the like black and white with the red logo and the like the dude sitting there with his like arms mm-hmm. crossed and his head down, right? Yeah, with the mohawk. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the like the album art was very. It was like a statement right. in itself. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Which it's, I mean, yeah, it like just draws you in. It's super, yeah, of course. you know, it's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's somebody like me. No, no, what am I saying? That's somebody much cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything right. I, I aspire to be. <laughs> and that was always me growing up. I mean, there are so many of those memes where like, what I think I look like doing this and what I actually yeah. look like doing this and like. That album, that album cover is what we thought we looked like being funkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love it. I would like. I mean, that's that's a big part of my youth. Like, yeah, of course. And like, I still think about it these days. I'm like, it's just funny because cool, like, or how? I, I guess that's a. I have to rephrase that. Like, I, I think about like, imagine if I was still involved like real heavily within that scene and yeah still you know the whole thing like liberty spikes all that like if i was still doing that to this day i'd be a badass you think so i think so i think it's a coin flip (laughs) i think like half of the people that do that i think it what matters is if you're like if you make a living doing it different I think it's much cooler. Yeah. It's very different, right? Because when you see like Tim Armstrong, you're like, oh, that guy's still a fucking badass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he does what he wants and it pays his bills. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's very different than like the guy, the like 40 year old who works at like Old Country Buffet. <laughs> and then when he's not at work, he's like, he has like a three foot mohawk yeah. and wears a dog collar and walks around the mall. I mean, that's fair. You know that's what fair. I mean? That's very yeah, I different. Think, I think that's that's very very much different. You know, but like I don't know. Yeah. I just yeah. That's that's about all I have to say. It's same with like um, like old tattoo artists, right? Like I feel like they pull it yeah. off. They pull off that like still dressing the way they did when they were seventeen when they're like yeah, forty, but I mean, because it's like oh they're like you're, you're in right, that lifestyle, exactly. you yeah. know what I mean? Like anybody that yeah. comes in for a tattoo, they're not gonna look at you and be like, oh, you must worship the Satan. 
uh they're gonna be like oh yeah cool dude <laughs> yeah like right yeah i mean you know exactly. and anybody that comes in regardless of whoever whatever like type of person they are are gonna see those those people and it's just gonna be okay it's just that's you know because yeah, they they kind of sure. coincide with each other and so yeah it's all part right. of the same scene yeah right yeah and they're Which making a living doing it's sad it. that it's like that though. being a part of that scene but yeah it's i think it's just it at our age part of it is like are you doing part of whether you respect someone or not is if they're doing what they need to do to like to take care of themselves right. you know what i mean like to yeah. be sufficient to be self-sufficient and like it's weird to see someone like i don't know when you see someone who's making a living in that scene then it's the aesthetic is is part of them doing what they're doing to be self-sufficient right you know what i mean i don't know all i know is it feels very different looking at at like tim armstrong than the fucking old country buffet guy (laughs) I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure 100 yeah. percent why, but it's definitely right. different. You know. Yeah, it's a different feeling. I mean, I I get it. It's just you yeah. know, it's just unfortunate that you know it. The older you get, it's frowned upon to express yourself the way that you want to. I think it's because like it's, and I've thought about this because with my teenagers, like I'm very i'm i give them as much freedom as possible with like expressing themselves visually in their clothes and their you know with their hair or whatever yeah. right i don't care but like i think it's because one by the time you're our age you're expected to be more than I mean, the yeah. clothes you wear or the color of your hair like you're supposed to have developed yourself to where you can express yourself in more nuanced and thoughtful ways than like, can't you tell how mad I am at society? Cause my hair's green. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's okay when you're 16 because you're a fucking dummy. Like you don't have the other tools to actually express those, those feelings and thoughts. Yeah. You know, appropriately. Okay. But by the time you're 40, you should be able to just say what you think. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's fair. I think that's the difference. I think that's why it's always off-putting to see someone, like, rocking that when they're, like, 50. It's just a bummer that that's the thing. I suppose so. That, that's my takeaway. I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just, like, Western capitalist conditioning coming through me. That like we're all supposed to be the same by the time we die. Yeah, but that's late. You know what I mean, <laughs> I know. I'm saying like maybe that's all it is. It's just that conditioning. Maybe yeah, that's why I think that way. You know. But yeah. I mean, what can you do, right? I mean, honestly, dress however the fuck you want. I don't <laughs> give a shit. You wanna? I don't talk to. I mean. I was going to say, I probably won't, I probably, but if I see you at like a school function, I probably won't stop and talk to you. If you like have like 14 inch Liberty spikes dropping off your sixth grader, you know what I mean? 
but like i don't yeah. talk to anybody That's anyway fair. so <laughs> i don't care i don't care if you have a fade or liberty spikes so you want to get into the next story <laughs> yeah 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 my story uh my story is called the halloween masquerade the Johnson family lived in the quaint suburban neighborhood of Ravenbrook, Maine. We get a state where it is now. I don't think it ever decided if it was in Maine well, or not. Bear Creek is Just also always in called Maine. It Ravenbrook. Yeah, so maybe we're creating a nice little map of spooky towns. Of fake spooky towns. I like it. Where Halloween was a celebrated and beloved event. The yearly tradition was to decorate their home extravagantly dress in elaborate costumes, and hand out candy to the hordes of trick-or-treaters. This Halloween, however, the Johnsons decided to forego their usual revelry. Instead, they chose to stay home and hand out candy to the neighborhood children. As darkness fell on that crisp October night, the Johnsons adorned their home with eerie decorations. They wait until Halloween to decorate? That's a little strange. Why, like... That's like the people that like put up their it's Christmas weird, right? tree like on Christmas Eve. I don't know how common yeah. that is, but it's I've seen it in movies, of course. They're like hey, our tr- our tradition is to go out on Christmas Eve and cut down our own tree. Why do it? Like why waste the yeah. time then? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, they I think those people keep their tree up until New Year's. I mean, still. So it's like a week. Right. Right. Well, it's that's still it's pointless. Why not do that in like the beginning of December and you yeah. get to like you know, feel the season for a whole month. Yeah. That's true. If you're gonna do it, as well. do it like that, for sure. Do you do you have Halloween decorations yeah. up? They've been up. Yeah. Since September. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Nice. My wife bought some thing that hangs on the outside of the door that has like a, I don't know, it's some Halloween thing that's hanging on Is the that outside the of the front of door. the extent of your decorating? <laughs> yeah. And that's like the the most we've done in the last like 10 nice. years. So. I mean, that's, hey, yeah. that's, that's better than nothing too. So. Not too. That's better than nothing. I was surprised. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't know she was going to do it. I saw it the other day, and I was like, where the hell did this come from? Nice. <laughs> from ghoulish ghosts to grotesque gravestones. That was their decorations. They reveled in the sound of excited laughter and the colorful costumes of children parading down their street. By 8.30 p.m., the stream of trick-or-treaters had dwindled, and the Johnsons decided to call it a night. They switched off their porch light, their signal to the neighborhood that they were finished. John, the father, locked the front door. Sarah, the mother, began to tidy up, and their two children, Rachel and Jake, settled in in the living room. The family was wrapped in the comfort of their living room, enjoying a classic Halloween movie. The children's laughter filled the room, a stark contrast to the unnerving stillness that had fallen outside. The ticking of the grandfather clock seemed unusually loud, each chime reminding them that it was all Hallow's Eve. Rachel, curious and bold, peered through the curtains, trying to catch a glimpse of any lingering trick-or-treaters. To her surprise, the street was deserted. She announced her findings to the family, 
who decided that it was time to turn in for the night. John muttered something about the town becoming more safety conscious, causing the decline in trick-or-treaters. They turned off the TV, extinguishing the last source of light in the room. Just as they were about to head to bed, a particular sensation washed over the family. It was as if they were being watched, as if the very walls of their home were closing in on them. The darkness outside seemed thicker, heavier, and more oppressive than usual. An eerie wind began to howl through the trees, rattling the windows, making the family exchange uneasy glances. Weird night, huh? Jake muttered, his voice barely a whisper. Yeah, I don't like it, Sarah replied, clutching her husband's arm. I've never felt this uneasy on Halloween before. Their unease deepened as they heard faint, distant laughter that seemed to grow louder by the second. The laughter was sinister, like a chorus of mad jesters. It was a sound that sent chills down their spines. At least it wasn't shivers. (laughs) Shivers down her timbers? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Rachel, her eyes wide with fear, murmured, What's that? The laughter now evolved into whispers that slithered through the night, reaching the Johnsons with their haunting words. Come out, they murmured. Come out and play. John, attempting to maintain composure, told his family, It's probably just some late-night revelers pulling a prank. Let's not give them the satisfaction. Yet it was becoming increasingly evident that this was no ordinary Halloween prank. The shadows outside deepened. The whispers intensified, as if they knew the family's deepest fears, insecurities, and secrets. John was haunted by the voice of his long-deceased father, casting judgment on his life choices. Sarah heard the cruel, judgmental words of her estranged sister, whom she hadn't spoken to in years. Rachel and Jake were tormented by vivid visions of their darkest nightmares. In desperation, they fumbled to turn on the lights, But no matter how many switches they flicked, the house remained shrouded in darkness. Panic seized the family, and they huddled together in the corner of the room, their hearts pounding, as malevolent whispers grew louder and more menacing. They were trapped in a... God damn it. You ready for the worst adjective choice in the history of ChatGPT? They were trapped in a nightmarish nightmare. Wait, this is this. We've had this again. Yeah, we talked about this yeah. like uh, last it week or the me. week before. Nightmare, yeah. nightmarish nightmare. I love it. It's so stupid. My story said oppressive multiple times in the same sentence. So yeah, I decided while listening to your story that the next time I do one for next week, I'm going to specifically tell it to not use the word malevolent <laughs> a single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Likes to use those ones quite a bit. For sure. They were trapped in a nightmare where the walls seemed to close in around them and the chilling voices threatened to tear their sanity apart. Shadows danced on the walls, grotesque and unnatural. The family cried out for help, but their pleas were swallowed by the unrelenting darkness. As the clock struck midnight, holy shit. They've been doing this for three hours. Doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it. They're just wandering around their house like, <laughs> flicking uh, flicking uh, all the switches repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
As the clock struck midnight, the chilling whispers coalesced into a sinister laughter that echoed through the house, and the Johnsons' cries of terror faded into the night. In the darkness, a group of masked figures watched from the outside, their twisted faces hidden beneath grotesque masks. They had achieved their goal for this Halloween night, for they knew that the Johnsons were now theirs to torment and consume. Little did the family know that the horrors of All Hallows' Eve had only just begun, and the shadows that now enveloped their home held secrets darker than they could ever imagine. The once cozy home had been transformed into a realm of dread and despair. The malevolent whispers that tormented their minds did not cease, and the darkness seemed to pulse with a life of its own. They huddled together, the only source of comfort amidst the sinister forces closing in. As the hours passed, the torment from outside became relentless. <sighs> it's testing my patience, Ryan. Why? Because a thing can't become relentless. It either is or isn't relentless. I mean, but it has to reach a point to get to that point, right? I don't think so. It's just all of a I sudden think it's an absolute always, term. always is and always was and always ever will be relentless. That's what relentless means. Right, but... It means without right, relent, won't ever it stop. It has to reach a point to get to being relentless. I mean, you could suddenly notice that something's relentless. You could, but it got but to it that point. But it was always right, relentless. It always. But it was... But it, no, it was always relentless. If a thing is relentless, it has always been relentless. But it, it's, it may have started off not so bad. But then it got it got worse, and now it's just stuck there. Right, but relentless isn't a judgment of good or bad. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, matter. doesn't it just, mean it doesn't like, matter. You know how it's whatever context it's used. I'm saying it can. I think it. I'm just saying if something if something starts and never ends, it's relentless. Yeah, but it it does. That's have what the to word start. means. Right before that, it didn't exist. Right as soon as it existed. It was so relentless. it has become relentless for the entire time it's ever existed. It's been relentless. <laughs> and again, it just depends on it depends right? on how you look at it. Once it starts and it's relentless, it has now become relentless. Yeah. So the whole time it's ever existed, it's been relentless. Again, just depends on how you look at it. <laughs> There's a better word here. The torment from outside became unbearable there you that's go. what it actually means that's what it's actually trying to yeah. say as the hours passed the torment from outside became there unbearable which is not a synonym for relentless just say it like that then i'm going right. to yeah. you ready all right strap I'm, I'm, in i'm strapped buddy as the hours passed the torment from outside became unbearable the figures seemed to know every secret every regret every fear that the Johnsons had tried to bury. John's father, long dead, chastised him for not pursuing a career in law as he'd wished. Sarah's estranged sister condemned her for abandoning the family. Rachel and Jake were caught in the grip of their most horrifying nightmares brought to life by the haunting voices. Their eyes darted around the room, searching for any escape from the nightmarish prison they found themselves in, but the room remained shrouded in darkness. Their cries unanswered. We have to get out of here, John muttered, his voice quivering with fear. 
We can't stay trapped like this. We have to find a way. In their desperation, they decided to try the back door. (laughs) (laughs) What a last resort six hours later. If you can't go through the front, you might as well try the back, right? (laughs) That's what I've heard. Each step they took through the oppressive darkness felt like a journey through an alien and malevolent world. The only sounds were the whispers, the echoing laughter, and their own trembling breaths. When they reached the back door, their trembling hands fumbled with the lock, but it refused to budge. It was as if the very house was conspiring against them, holding them captive in its sinister embrace. Damn it, John muttered, his patience wearing thin. We're trapped. We need to figure out who these people are, why they're doing this. But as if in answer to his question, the whisper shifted. This time they weren't taunts, but a twisted story. The voices narrated the tragic tale of a family who had once lived in the house. A family that had been driven to madness by forces beyond their understanding. Sarah gasped as she realized the narrative matched their own plight. This is... this is the story of our house... It can't be true. The voices continued to recount the gruesome end of the previous family, describing how they had turned on one another, driven to madness by the relentless torment, and how they had ultimately perished in despair. We can't let that happen to us, Rachel cried out, her eyes wide with terror. As the night wore on, the family clung to each other, their sanity fraying. John became increasingly convinced that there must be a way out that the house held some hidden escape route. Sarah, however, was paralyzed by fear and doubt. The chilling narrative had sown seeds of dread in her mind, and she couldn't shake the feeling that they were doomed to follow in the footsteps of the previous family. Their children, Rachel and Jake, held each other, shivering in fear, their faces drained of color. The darkness and torment continued to envelop them, and they were slowly losing hope. Then, as if in a final cruel twist, the voices spoke of an ancient ritual that could break the curse and free the family from the relentless onslaught of darkness. (laughs) A lot of relentless fear and everything going on here. And we just, you know, we just saw the entry of that uh, deus ex machina that you love so much. You know, where they just like, (sighs) they always have a way out. God just swoops in and goes... Here's here's how it's better. Yep. And that's where it gets so annoying, man. Like, why does there always have yeah. to be a positive ending? Like just... Look, man. At maybe we'll get tired of this eventually and we'll like go back to writing our own stories for these and then we can have these like, you know, we could have this end with like the siblings deciding that the parents are the cause of their problems and they stab their mom and dad to death in the kitchen. And that would be cover a themselves in their parents' blood. End. Right. And then they cover themselves in their parents' blood and they're like found two years later as feral children covered in their parents' blood, eating like intestines and squirrels from the backyard. Wow. I guess That's, I'm uh, just spitballing a, yeah. a cool ending there. I mean, yeah, that is a that is a much cooler <laughs> ending though. I mean, we'll see. This this might this might pull it out. All right. All right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. The ritual, they claimed, involved offering up a willing sacrifice. A member of the family, 
to appease the malevolent spirits that had taken residence in the house. Obviously, the dad's going to do it. Hopefully, he sacrifices the youngest. (laughs) Himself. (laughs) He's going to sacrifice himself. Although, if you really cared about your family, you would throw your youngest out there to get killed because if you if you sacrifice yourself like who's gonna pay the bills exactly you know you're gonna leave them parentless they're gonna be forced to go off into foster homes or live on the streets or live with a relative and they're always gonna be unhappy they're gonna grow up just yeah it's just i mean that's bad come on probably become a serial killer themselves that's very possible Yeah. Yeah. See, that's sad. You ready? Yeah. We have to do it, John muttered, his voice trembling. We have to perform the ritual and end this nightmare. Sarah's eyes welled with tears as she realized what her husband was suggesting. No, John, we can't. We can't sacrifice one of our own. The voices grew louder, more insistent, pushing the family closer to the brink of madness. It was a choice between the unspeakable and the unbearable. Just as John was about to make a dreadful decision, a flicker of hope emerged. Boo! Boo, get your hope out of here. In the distance, they heard sirens approaching. The police were on their way, alerted by concerned neighbors who had heard their screams. The family clung to that last glimmer of hope praying that the authorities would arrive in time to save them from the nightmarish forces that threatened to consume them. As the wailing sirens grew nearer, the voices outside the Johnsons' home intensified their torment, urging them to act swiftly. The ambulance blew up and never made it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The ambulance crashed and both drivers died right outside the house. John, torn between the unbearable darkness that threatened his family and the unspeakable ritual they were being coerced into, hesitated. Sarah, trembling with fear, couldn't bear the thought of making such a choice. She clung to her children, tears streaming down her face, praying that the police would arrive in time to rescue them from this nightmare. The police car screeched to a halt outside their home, its lights flashing like beacons of hope in the oppressive darkness. Officers rushed to the front door, their voices echoing through the night, demanding that the Johnsons open up. John, despite the insistent voices still haunting him, managed to unlock the front door and swing it open. The officers stormed into the house, their flashlights cutting through the inky blackness. What's going on here? One of the officers demanded, his voice filled with authority. Hmm. The family huddled together and trembling recounted the nightmarish events that had unfolded since they turned off the porch light. They spoke of the relentless whispers, the sinister laughter, and the chilling narrative of the previous family that had lived in the house. The officers exchanged uneasy glances, their flashlights sweeping over the room as if searching for any sign of the malevolent figures, but they found nothing. No masked intruders, no lurking shadows. Must have been some Halloween pranksters, one of the officers said, his tone dismissive. The family's protests fell on deaf ears. The officers assured them that they were safe now, and that there was no imminent danger. The sinister voices had fallen silent as if retreating from the presence of the police. Reluctantly, the officers left, leaving the Johnsons in a house that was now shrouded in an oppressive silence. 
the family's hope had been crushed, and they were once again at the mercy of the malevolent forces that continued to torment them. Why wouldn't you just leave when the cops leave? Just get out of the house, like, follow them out, get in your car, and go stay in a hotel room. I might follow. I mean, it's definitely going to hang out if you don't leave. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it can't hurt. It's probably, uh, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fair, safe bet. Fair assumption. I think also, based on the words I'm about to read, I think ChatGPT might be under the assumption that, like, that a single night is like 30 hours long because <laughs> we had 8 30 the porch light went out right and then it was like then like they were tormented midnight. for three yeah and then three hours of being yelled at through the windows until midnight and then it said as hours passed right so we're at like two three o'clock and then now the next paragraph begins hours passed and the family remained huddled together so it might be like so nine now we're in the at morning. like four or five a.m. Yeah, easily. Yeah, right. The fear and despair growing with each passing minute. Their minds had been pushed to the brink, and they began to doubt their own sanity. Then, a soft, haunting melody began to fill the air. The family exchanged bewildered looks. The tune was achingly familiar, like a lullaby from their childhood but distorted, dissonant, and filled with an eerie sense of foreboding. The whispers returned, now intertwined with the haunting melody. Join us, they beckoned. Surrender to the darkness. One of us. One of us. One (laughs) of us. John, desperate and broken, clutched his head, unable to bear the torment any longer. He realized that there was no escape, no salvation. He turned to his family, his eyes empty and devoid of hope. In that moment of despair, he began to speak the unspeakable words, the words of the ritual that had been forced upon him. The family watched in horror as John's trembling hands reached for Rachel, their youngest. No, Sarah screamed, but it was too late. The dark forces that had ensnared their minds demanded a sacrifice, and the ritual had been set in motion. As John chanted the ancient words, the darkness in the room seemed to grow even thicker, and the malevolent whispers swirled around them, eager to claim their prize. Rachel's eyes widened with terror as she realized that her, what her father was about to do. But just as John was on the verge of completing the ritual, a blinding light filled the room. The oppressive darkness recoiled, as if repelled by the brilliant radiance. Sarah, her heart filled with a desperate hope, had managed to ignite a set of emergency candles. The sudden illumination banished the shadows, revealing the family standing frozen in a grotesque tableau. John, his hands still trembling, had halted the ritual mid-chant. The darkness had retreated, but the voices continued to whisper faintly, their presence diminished. Realization dawned upon the family, They had the power to resist the malevolent forces. With newfound determination, they united against the sinister voices, driving them further and further away. The emergency candles flickered, their flames dancing in defiance of the darkness. The family's unity and unwavering resolve became 
their shield against the relentless torment. Slowly, the room began to return to normal, the haunting voices dissipating into nothingness. As dawn broke, the Johnsons found themselves victorious over the malevolent forces that had sought to consume them. The darkness had been repelled, the sinister whispers silenced. They had emerged from the nightmarish ordeal, scarred but unbroken. The family vowed never to forget the horrors they had faced, but also to cherish the light, love, and unity that had saved them from the shadows of All Hallows' Eve. Halloween would never be the same for them, but they knew that the true power of the holiday lay not in the fear of the unknown, but in the strength of the human spirit to endure, to overcome, and to defy the darkness that threatened to consume them. But then, about a month later, the dad lost his job, and instead of admitting that he couldn't take care of the family anymore, he murdered both of his children and his wife and buried them in the backyard. The end. Excellent ending. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it went from this super positive, this like you know, very powerful positive message, as they all do, to just dark and yeah. good. Yeah. Turns out old John was a family annihilator from the beginning. <laughs> Just a quick random break from everything the story was about. Exactly. <laughs> Lost his I job and went crazy. A, uh, that's right. I'll take that one. That story sucked. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's... I'm pretty not happy about that one. That's the thing just, about too some fucking of these. Happy. Right, exactly. Exactly, and that gets so annoying. It's just, but I mean, you tell Chat GPT to make a, you know, story. I was the one I was trying to do like a Halloween party massacre or something, and it's like we cannot do violence. Yeah, I'm just like, man, I'm in control, not you, bitch. In response to my initial prompt, it said, "Let me tell you exactly what it said." It said. Quote, I'm sorry, but I can't create a story with such explicit and violent content. I can, however, create a psychological horror story that adheres to your Halloween theme without graphic violence. Please let me know if you'd like me to provide you with an alternative story idea, or if you have any other requests. <laughs> you should have had it provide you an alternative story idea to see. Alright, bitch, what you yeah. got? Right. They're still, like, some, so, yeah. some of these turn out really good. Like, surprisingly, turn out... Yeah surprisingly well and then some it's just like i really like this went a direction i didn't foresee yeah like chat gpt really doesn't like human on human horror right you know what i mean like they're always like fighting the forces of darkness and shit like that although when you grabbed for the youngest i thought i was like man all right i know this is what i was waiting for are we gonna get a fucking suburban child sacrifice here um, I mean, he murdered them all afterwards. <laughs> so, um, but that was in my epilogue. So right, yeah. I thought it deserved an epilogue. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll, yeah, I think that's quite fine. That should be your whole story. That yeah. that ending right there. <laughs> right. My original, what I wanted the story to be was something akin to was the movie called Strangers or The Strangers. Yeah, where the people show up outside their house and they like torment them right through the house and all that. That was the original idea, and then it turned it into this weird supernatural thing 
like version of it. I mean, I wanted my story to be about a monster that ate little kids, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we rarely get what we want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the way the world works. They are fun though, and they're they're super fun to make fun of too. Yeah, I mean, I so. I like seeing what it comes up with because again, sometimes there's a gem. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a shit show, and it's just funny the whole time. That's true. Agreed. So, I enjoy doing them. All right. Same. I like them a lot. And the campers seem to enjoy them. Yeah. So Well, that's what matters. It's good. They're, yeah, they're going to keep coming. As long as you keep coming, we'll keep um, coming with the stories. That's the guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> that's the campfire guarantee. <laughs> that's right. Uh, patreon.com forward slash well, campfire tales of the strange and unsettling go there or you're a fucking loser if you like feet picks ear picks shoulder picks you might want to check it out it's true i mean ryan runs it so <laughs> <laughs> that's actually just like a you know, way i promote my only fans yep it's true all that shoulder hair porn you've been doing Dude, I don't have any shoulder hair. I don't know what you're talking about. You're leaving a lot of money on the table there. I know. It's unfortunate. Being hairless. Yeah. yeah. There's I'm a just, whole market. I'm just not a hairy guy. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, shockingly, me neither, despite the werewolf face. <laughs> like, Because it all just jumps <laughs> to your face. It's true. It's true. I grow a fucking giant beard in three weeks, but... Yeah, I'm pretty much, pretty much hairless. Other than yeah. that, like I have very like even like forearm and leg hair is super oh, yeah, light. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's a good thing, honestly. I see these guys out here with like looks like they're wearing like fur coats all the time. I was like, <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. And that has to be uncomfortable. It looks uncomfortable. As well. Yeah, yeah. I imagine in the summer it's a real pain in the ass mm-hmm. to have that. You know, right. And it's just it, and then yeah. all that like sweat like if you sweat it just sticks to it, it's just gonna make you smell even worse yeah. like yeah nobody wants that I know even in like even in high school there were dudes who looked like they were like smuggling fucking Brillo pads under their arms <laughs> and I'm like what is going on here like why would anyone need to be that hairy yeah I agree like, I'm pretty sure I ha- I could ke- I'm pretty sure I could count my armpit hairs. <laughs> <laughs> i mean probably like 40 or 50 <laughs> under each arm that's about it right on I yeah. really, and I now really that we've discussed everything important often, yeah so yeah me neither I, i'm assuming they're the same as they were you know 15 years ago probably yeah yeah again patreon.com forward slash campfire tales is strange and unsettling a lot more of this and, uh. And now that we've discussed everything important, (laughs) I think that concludes Friday Night Fright 17.